In a time where parents have the weight of a thousand decisions on their shoulders and every step is like walking in quicksand, adventure's probably not in your focus. However, research shows families who adventure are more resilient and have significantly healthier minds and bodies. The purpose of this podcast is to help families connect through simple and authentic adventure experiences. Welcome to Ordinary Sherpa, your online community designed to help you connect, reach your summit, and create meaningful adventure experiences with your family. Hello and welcome to Ordinary Sherpa. I'm your host, Heidi Dusick. Because we are leaving for Hawaii and because I put out a poll on both Instagram and Facebook, the top votes went to how to fly a family of five to Hawaii for under $500. So that's going to be the focus of this episode. And rather than do an intro or anything, because it's me, I will going to dive into it. It's going to get a little bit into the weeds, but I want to give you enough detail to understand it and recognize how we actually did this. Before I get started, I want to give you the just behind the scenes look into my brain, which is scary. But I am generally a pretty thrifty person. I wouldn't say frugal, but I like a good deal. And I've been able to benchmark some things in my lifetime to know that generally speaking, my price point for a flight, a domestic flight, I would say 99% of our travel is domestic. I always start at a $100 mark. That for me is a threshold that I think is affordable and can fit within our budget. So just to give you that context, $100 for a flight, and that's usually one way. So I guess 200 round trip is where I start. Anything over that and I get a little gun shy or I start to research other locations that we could go first. Most of our travel is actually decided based on the price as opposed to the destination. So I don't even care where we go because you know me, I'm, I like the untourist. I like finding things that are hidden gems that we might not explore otherwise. So I don't necessarily always know where we're going. I let the flight sales decide where we might be going, which may or may not be a good thing. But for Hawaii, we definitely knew that we wanted to get to Hawaii sometime in our lifetime. I just did not realize that it was going to happen now. And I'll get to that. So know that my benchmark is $100 one way or 200 round trip. The second thing I would say related to how I even approach our flights and finding good flights is if there is a destination in mind. As you know, my son does Major League Baseball Stadium. So I know that those are always on the list so I can look for those. I use a resource called Scott's Cheap Flights. And I paid $79 for the year. I know they had a killer deal this year where it was $29 for the year. It is a subscription, although there is a free service as well. I'm going to put a link in the show notes to that service. And essentially what I can do is I can have them scouring the internet to find cheap flights, so to speak, from my destination. And we put in four or five local airports that we use frequently. And then I might throw in five or six different locations that are on our wish list. So it's nice because I don't necessarily let the destination always decide where we're going, but at least I have alerts. If something is cheap and it works, we'll consider it. And that was how I found a really awesome deal to Alaska. It's been nice because it alerts me when there are deals for locations that we're interested in from the airports that we're interested in as well. So it's awesome to see 
what the options are. It's also exposed me to a lot of places that probably wouldn't be on my list if I hadn't looked into them. It showcases different highlights for the week. So overall, I have found it really beneficial. I don't know that I've actually purchased many flights. For sure, the one to Alaska. And I think there was one other one that I've purchased because of the alert through Scott's Cheap Flights. But if you aren't aware, that is all based on Google Flights. So my recommended, there's a couple that I would say there's a Skyscanner and Google Flights, but Google Flights is usually just the one I use the most. If you're looking for just a source to start looking for cheap flights, Google Flights is also just a really good option for that. I'm going to dive deep into our strategy, though. So I mentioned we are going to Hawaii. Our, our actual, I just pulled the budget. And the amount we're, and I'm going to break all of this down for you, but the amount we are spending out of pocket is $228.48. That is for anything related to the flights. That is six flights. That is our priority pass. It's the pre-check subscription that my husband and I have. It includes airport, with airport parking, it would be $136 extra dollars. So that would bring it up to $364.48. And because we are, we get two bags for free, um, and I'll get into that, there's no price for baggage. So I think that covers everything flight related. And I'll, I'm not going to go into our entire budget, but I am going to tell you how I got to this $364.48 as our all-inclusive airline expenses. Before I can really dive deep into all of the details of our strategy, I need to give a little precursor into travel rewards. If you recall from episodes 18, family travel rewards tips with Alyssa Lagerquist, and episode 19, our family travel rewards strategy, that gives a little bit more detail and I'm not going to reap those, but I wanted to give you some insights as to how I work this backwards. When Hawaii came on our radar, that that was a place we were really interested in exploring, there were several airlines that we then start to follow. So I am particular about certain airlines. I'm not a fan of United. Delta can be really spendy and they don't have the greatest travel rewards program that is family friendly. So it's harder. I'm not saying it's out of the question. I love Delta Airlines. It's just not as easy from a travel rewards process. So that really kind of gave me Hawaiian Airlines, Alaska Airlines, American Airlines, and Southwest Airlines are the four that I was, are the four that really got on my top list. And of those, Southwest Airlines is the most travel rewards and family friendly. And I'll get into why I chose Southwest in a couple of minutes. But when you look at your destination, you want to know where are the airports that fly to there? What are the direct flights to there? And that starts to create your itinerary. So it's a very different way. Instead of letting the airline decide how you're going to get there, I will start to explore which airlines, again, I go back to Google Flights, and I say, okay, I'm going to Hawaii, which airlines are going to get me there the cheapest? And I just start plugging in airport codes. So in our case, we flew from Milwaukee to San Jose, California, And then from San Jose to Kona. And there are, I mean, you need to do a little bit of research because there's a lot of islands in Hawaii and you have to decide which ones you want to do. But I want to just touch the surface on all these little things that go into how we plan. And really, I know it sounds like a lot too, but it really isn't. Once you find these tools and get a little bit comfortable with them, 
it's not very overwhelming. The way I'm going to describe it, if you've never heard of these things, it's going to be a little bit overwhelming. So look at the show notes on this one, maybe download it and listen to it a couple of times. And I'll also have some tips and strategies for you as well to download. So when we started picking our flights, we looked at the airports that had the cheapest direct flights. And Hawaii from Wisconsin is... I think it's like 10 hours if you were to go direct, which there's no direct flights anyway. You always have to make a stop along the West Coast. And the very pop, the popular places to get to Hawaii from are Seattle, Portland, and most of the California, San Francisco, Oakland, San Jose, Burbank, LAX. And I don't think San Diego went there. There's also a couple interior ones, I believe Las Vegas and maybe even Phoenix fly direct from those airports to Hawaii. So there's not a lot of them. But if you go to the airline and look at their route maps, you can start to pinpoint where are the good jumping off points, so to speak. The reason I say that is I don't always let the airline determine my itinerary. And you're going to see that here in just a second. So long story short, we chose Southwest. And there's a couple of reasons why we like Southwest. It is a budget airline, but I would say these things help (laughs) make it budget friendly for families in particular. First of all, if you aren't aware, they have open seating, which means there's not assigned seats. And that can be a blessing and a curse because that means you might not sit next to your family. But if you have someone traveling under the age of six, you can have family boarding in between section A and B, so that you are more assured that you'll get to sit together. Or you can bump yourself up, you can pay a little upgrade fee and bump yourself up to the section A open seating. The other thing we really liked, and this was helpful early on, it's not as important to me right now, but it's still a good reminder that with Southwest, two bags always fly free. So for every passenger, you're allowed to have two checked bags for free. Again, the check bag weight limit is 50 pounds. So, you know, if you're someone that packs a lot, make sure you split that up a little bit. And it's actually been helpful. We probably could have almost done all carry-on. We keep our bags small. We carry backpacks as our carry-ons. I'll do that. That's a different episode. I'm not going to talk about packing. But we've always been able to have, because we have five people, we have potential for 10 bags. We've never hit that limit, even when we went skiing out west. Having the two bags fly free That's $50 minimum that most other airlines charge for baggage, for check baggage. When we started to look at travel rewards, some of the benefits that really drew us to Southwest is that all of the currency is a cost per point equivalency. A lot of the airlines have a minimum. Don't quote me on this. I'm just using this as an example. Let's just say United charges 25,000 points or whatever their currency is for a $250 ticket, okay? Well, that ticket would only be the equivalent of $250 through Southwest. So I'll again, I'll get into this so that you can understand what I'm talking about. And you'll see that none of my point values are the same because the price points were different for each of those flights. They also have no blackout dates. And this is really important. Remember, my husband is a teacher. So when we are traveling is usually during peak travel times. It's holidays, spring break, and in the summer, which is usually when a lot of the companies like to put blackouts on the rewards. And so for us, Southwest became a very popular option because of that, because we just don't have the flexibility with our schedule. 
The last piece that really hit home for us was as I learned about Southwest Companion Pass, it is one of the premier offers in the industry around travel rewards. I'll just give you a sense of what that is. To get you into our strategy, we're in two-player mode. And that means my husband and I are both getting different credit cards to get the rewards points. However, you can transfer these points back and forth between each other in the family. So just to get you a sense, I signed up for the Southwest Premier card, and that's an individual card. And that required $3,000 spend in a three-month period to get 40,000 miles or 40,000 rapid rewards points. I also signed up for the Southwest Business Premier, and that required a $5,000 spend. I think that was in five months. I don't have that written down. And that gave me 60,000 points. So together, let's just do some math. The 3,000 minimum spend and the 5,000 minimum spend would give me 8,000 rapid rewards points. And there's a lot of little nuances. You can get double miles and triple miles. And sometimes during the pandemic, it was up to five times the miles on certain places. Chase is still offering special bonuses for groceries and gas and restaurants. And then travel is always either double or triple or sometimes, like I said, up to five. And they'll do promos where sometimes you get up to 10 times the offer. So, but generally speaking, let's just say one-to-one, you had a minimum spend together between those two of 8,000 points. And the bonuses that you get are 40,000 and 60,000. Okay, so we're at 108,000 points already just with those two credit cards. And our mentality, I came from the days of Ramsey Camp, so let me just say that. I was not a big fan of credit cards until I really did my research under on travel rewards. And because we plan our credit applications based on when we know we're either going to have an increased spend, so things like we have an LP tank, for example, and we know we fill that up a certain time of year. So we'll apply for a credit card when we know we're going to have a big spend. We generally have, in our case, I think we have five credit cards right now. And they are we got rid of everything else. So there's no Target card. There's no Amazon card. We got rid of all of those and just doubled down and only use Travel Rewards credit cards. And then my husband, on the flip side, he signed up for the Chase Southwest Performance Business, which was a new card offer a couple of years ago. And that got him 80,000 points, rapid rewards points for a $5,000 spend. And again, I think that was either three or five months. And he also signed up for the personal Southwest Premier credit card, which was 60,000 points and a $3,000 spend. So actually, because of those bonus offers, of 80,000 and 60,000, he was already at 140,000 plus the minimum spend of 8,000. So he was at 148,000 rapid rewards points right out of the gate. And the reason I wanted to talk through that is because that is the way we achieved Companion Pass. And Companion Pass is a benefit of Southwest Airlines where you need 100, I think it's even 120 or 125,000 rapid rewards points earned in one calendar year. And that calendar year is really important. And my husband and I took this two-player approach because when you get companion pass, one person can fly for free with you that entire year. Well, you get companion pass the rest of that calendar year that you earn it. So if I earn it in March, I get March through December plus the entire following year. So I actually accomplished companion. I didn't do it right, but (laughs) I got my husband to do it right. I received companion pass in September of 2019. 
So I got September, October, November, December, plus all of 2020. Well, then 2020 hit and 2020, of course, I think was everybody's epic travel year. So thankfully, they extended it and gave us gave me all of 2021 as well for the companion pass. My husband did it a little differently. He signed up for his credit cards in October. So he got his he got both of his bonus is met his minimum spends met in January, which meant he had all of 2020 and all of 2021 to use that companion pass. As a family of five, that means my husband uses his points to pay for his flights. One child flies free with them. That does not cost any points. And I'll get into that. I take a child, my flight, I use my points to pay for the flight and I take one child with me for free. So essentially, I am only using points for two people and four people are flying. And then one of us takes the third child and uses our rapid rewards points for that. So just to break this down in terms of what do the actual dollars, like how does it play out? For Hawaii, we are flying, we have six flights. So we're going from Milwaukee to California, from California to the Big Island, from the Big Island to Honolulu, from Honolulu to Maui, from Maui to California, and from California back to Milwaukee. So there are six flights total. And that's important because there is a you can't use points for any of the security fees. And the 9-11 security fee of $5.60 is required to for you to pay. So you can't use points to pay for that. And that's where all of my expenses come in, actually, is the $228.48 is literally the $5.60 per segment, not connection, but like I booked these as separate flights. The $5.60 is that that expense per segment. The other thing I wanted to break down then was our points. We only have to use the points. We don't use any points for our companion. That is, we only pay the $5.60 for my sons. My two sons are our companions right now. And then we pay the mileage for myself and my husband and the mileage for the child that we have to use who's not the companion. I'll Again, I'll just walk through my itinerary so you can see this is dynamic point per cost equivalency. Our first flight was 9,702 points or rapid rewards points. Our second flight was 10,764 rapid rewards points. Our third flight is 4,938. Our fourth flight is 4,938. Our fifth flight, and this was the most expensive flight, was 17,082 rapid rewards points. And our last flight is 12,744 points. Altogether, that comes to 180,504 points. So remember when I said my husband had 146,000, I had 108,000? Collectively, we already had with those four credit cards, the two credit cards that I got, my two credit cards my husband got, we actually were able to, there's a couple things. Let's go back to the beginning when I said I was really price shopping. So I knew when the best time was to buy. Southwest releases their their new flight six months in advance. And trust me, I put that on my calendar. When I know that we have our travel date set and I know what our destination is, I put that on my calendar and then we define our itinerary around the best flights. So Tuesdays and Wednesdays are typically our favorite times to fly or Saturdays. Those generally are when we find the cheapest flights. And then we kind of base it on the cheapest flights available during that time frame. Some of them are actually Tuesdays or Saturdays because that's when the cheapest flights were. 
Now, if you notice, there was no 25,000 points on any of my segments. That's the value that is offered through Southwest when they do that cost per reward conversion, they do that currency equivalency. It makes it much more lucrative to use your rapid rewards points rather than use cash. And I don't look at this. We're a family of five. It's too hard to like optimize all of this. And this is where I was like, I just want to offer families an option because it's going to be so complicated. If you really study Rapids Rewards points, they're going to try to teach you about how to optimize and what's the best redemption rates. I have learned that if this is in our future and we want to do this, we just do it now because we have the Rapid Rewards points. So with that in mind, just know that, yes, there are ways you can continue to study this and you can go down the rabbit hole. Things that some people might find a lot of value from that just are not valuable to me. Southwest does not have like a business class or first class type seating. They also don't do much outside of the United States. So there are a few. There's some Mexico and South America, Caribbean islands, things of that nature. But there's not a lot of options outside of the United States. And there's a lot of places they don't go as well. Southwest does not go to Alaska, uh, Montana. So like there's just some interesting places that they don't go. So just know where you're going, know the routes, and then start to use some of those tools that I suggested. Google Flights is a great one. Looking at the sale fares. So whenever my husband always used to get nervous, there have been times when a sale fare came in. And for example, it was a really cheap flight. I think it was like $49 one way to go to Cleveland. And I was like, well, you know, we have this major league baseball stadium in Cleveland that we should just check out. We went for a weekend, a long weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Either way, it was a really low cost, low risk way for us to knock off one more of those adventures and have a great time just exploring a city that we would likely never, ever travel to. You know, Cleveland's not on everyone's travel bucket list. So it's it's been fun for us to approach this just a little bit differently, to not kill our budget. Altogether, my budget has always been around $2,500 a year for travel specifically. Hawaii's going to throw us off just a little bit And if we were only there for two weeks and we didn't go to Maui, (laughs) Maui threw our budget off by a lot because our our lodging in Maui was really expensive. I'll cover more detail. If anyone has questions, I'll cover more detail about where we stayed and what we did. I mean, just follow me on Instagram and you can kind of keep up with what we're doing and the different things we're encountering and just different ways we've approached the experience in Hawaii. We really wanted Hawaii to be something different that we've never done. We are not luxury resort people. So for us, the hotel credit cards were just not of value to us. We were not interested in those types of experiences. We have used a couple of other things, though. We use Chase Ultimate Rewards for all of our rental cars that are through a rental car company. And then we've used the Capital One Travel Eraser card for things like because of our stay at a local Airbnb type experience that does typically code as travel and you can wipe that out. So I hope that gives you a little bit of guidance. I do have a resource if travel rewards is something you're interested in. There's a couple of there's going to be a lot of links in the show notes. You might just want to go to my website, which is ordinarysherpa.com backslash 032 will be all the show notes. So you can just keep that or bookmark it or pin it for a later date, because I'll go into detail in the notes in the show notes here. There's a couple of links I want to highlight in the show notes. So there is a link to Scott's Cheap Flights. And if you sign up for that, for free, you can even do the free listing. It does support Ordinary Sherpa. So I just want to be really transparent about that. 
And the, also the credit card strategy, I have a download for that at OrdinarySherpa.com backslash rewards. And that will walk you through, that's a downloadable that goes through our card strategy that we use and the links to some of those as well. And for those, if you do use those links, I do just get a point bonus from those cards. So it doesn't cost you any more. If you support it and you are finding value from the show and you want to support us, that's a great way to do that or share it with your friends. It has been a really eye-opening experience. And part of me loves this just because I love a challenge and I love an adventure. So Travel Rewards has been a fun way for us as a family even, because people are like, how do you afford all of this? And I was like, oh, if you only knew, <laughs> let me teach you my ways. It's really fun. And we're not going into debt. So all of those dollars that I told you, you know, you never, ever, ever want to accrue any debt. So any purchases we make on these credit cards, we pay the balance in full every month. We plan all of our purchases. So the interest rate for us is not a big deal because we're always paying it off. And we also know what our intentionality is around this. We're not busting out and buying a bunch of stuff just to get the rewards that really would be counterproductive. In the meantime, I'd love to hear where you want to go. Maybe we can work out a fun little strategy. So I hope you enjoy this episode and keep on adventuring. If you found value from today's show, here are three easy ways you can support us. Subscribe to Ordinary Sherpa Podcast on the platform you're listening to. It lets the providers know that you're getting value from the show and want to be around when we release additional content. If you feel compelled, leave us a review. Two, find your friends, family, and others you think would enjoy this show and share this episode. Three, and most importantly, join the community of families interested in creating authentic experiences through simple adventures by going to OrdinarySherpa.com backslash community. We want to hear from you and create content that would benefit your family. Thanks for joining us on this journey as we help families connect through adventure.